0: A gifted young man born into a great destiny, forced to reside on a dangerous desert planet. He must learn the ways of his new home while avoiding danger at every turn. He who controls the spice, controls the universe. All of this can only mean one thing, we're comparing Dune in this episode of Retro vs Remake.
1: I'm Reggie Parker and I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro vs. Remake. remake. This is the series where we compare movies to their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's episode, Dune. I tried to do it in the voice. Dune. Yeah, <laughs> <I>, the voice. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
0: <laughs> you're going to need like After Effects for that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Dune. So yes, Dune, the original film came out in 1984, starring Kyle McLaughlin, Francesca Annis, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, Sting, yeah. <laughs> Sir Sting. Is he Sir Sting? <laughs> no, he's not a sir. Uh. <laughs> I wish. Uh, Jürgen Prochnow, Jose Ferrer, Linda Hunt, Freddie Jones, Richard Jordan, Everett McGill, Kenneth McMillan, Virginia Madsen, and Alicia Witt. Directed by David Lynch,
1: a great director. Um... And there's some Twin Peaks alumnus oh, in yeah. this, or they would be, because <laughs> this came out before Twin Peaks, of course. A lot of Twin Peaks in this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: run that back. What's up, buddy? There's a cat now, written by Frank Herbert, who did the original 1965 novel, and David Lynch did the screenplay. Music by Toto. Toto! Toto! <laughs> and uh, uh, Brian Eno
1: also helped yeah, out. With he did fun. the main theme, or the theme for paul or something yeah we also
0: have unnecessary pets in this episode which we'll talk about <laughs> uh doom 2021 starring everyone <laughs> no um, starring timothy chalamet rebecca ferguson oscar isaac josh brolin stella Scarsgard, dave bautista zendaya jason momoa javier bardem stephen mckinley henderson oh. yeah stephen mckinley henderson David Dashmalshian, Chang Chen, Sharon Duncan Brewster, and Charlotte Ramklin. Directed by Dennis Villanueve. Screenplay by John Spatis. Dennis V Vill- oh, Vill- and Eric Roth. Dude, he's allergic. I'm allergic to cats, so I'm like, buddy. Screenplay by Screenplay by John, <laughs> John Spattis. Dennis Villanueva and Eric Roth. Music by Hans Zimmer. I mean, just one of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That. Yeah. that Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that guy. <laughs>
0: um, Inception guy. <laughs> Both films are based on a 1965
1: Frank Herbert novel of the same name. Well, going back to Hans Zimmer, he actually did this over Tenet. He really? Was supposed to? Yeah. Uh, cool. Chris Nolan wanted because you know he does all Chris Nolan yeah, yeah. movies, like he said, Interstellar, but or not, uh, Ince- Inception. he mm. did Interstellar too. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, he turned it down because he was such a big Dune fan. He's really? Like, oh, I want to do that. That's so, cool. Yeah, that's he cool. This instead. I mean, that's
0: that's the right project. Like I've uh, watched Tenet recently, <laughs> and then I had to rewatch it so I could understand yeah. what the hell I was watching. Um, under underrated, I think.
1: I I gotta check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm scared <laughs> <laughs> because I it, heard it's really confusing. It's confusing <laughs> as hell. Um no spoilers so we'll, we'll move on with the movie we are talking about yeah. Dune um, a lot of uh just returning cast members in the remake that we've yeah. reviewed before you know Josh Brolin uh, Stone Star this? <laughs> he was great I heard his voice I was like no way he's in this <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, gotta I gotta imagine
0: I'm surprised we don't have anything with Javier or Bart Damm at this point yeah that's crazy <laughs> I mean, has, it been
1: that's, nice. that's question, right? has <laughs>
0: he been in any remakes? That's that's the question, right? Has he been in any remakes? But, hey, whatever. So, um, Dan, first experience with uh, these films?
1: <laughs> My first experience with these films was for this podcast. I had, of course, heard of Dune. Right. Um, you know, it's big in the uh, old sci-fi world, but had never seen it because, you know, <laughs> it's <Right>. Dune. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I definitely... Had expectations and they definitely were met okay. <laughs> in 80s cheesiness right. uh, when it comes to oh, science, yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, We'll get to that, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, knew about the remake coming out and uh, good old HBO Go, am I right? Yeah, yep. yep. <laughs> HBO Max, HBO Go
0: Max, HBO Max, Go. oh yeah, HBO Max. Eh, whatever, it's the same thing at this point. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah good old HBO Max uh, basically funded this episode. Yes. <laughs> so, um, when. The remake for Dune was announced. Um, I was like, I gotta read Dune, because I've never read it. So I had a goal to read the book before I watched the movie. Uh, Spoiler, I've never seen either of these films before this episode. Um, And I was actually able to accomplish that, because they kept delaying the movie. Yay! (laughs) So I was able to finish the first uh, book. I believe there's like eight of them. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The first one is apparently as good as it gets. (laughs) starts to go uh, apparently downhill from there but um yeah uh i will say this that uh reading the book helps no i can imagine <laughs> reading the book helps because these are uh these are
1: space epics and they yes there's a lot of information to pack in so there is a lot that goes into it and you know maybe getting ahead of myself i felt watching both films like this would probably better as an hbo max series mm. than just one movie because both movies are pretty long yeah and they put a lot of information there and both films you're just like okay what's happening you're just paying attention to so many details because there's a lot of like information exposition just thrown at you especially in the original film but we'll get to that i'm sure
0: so to your point the original film has a runtime of two hours and 17 minutes the remake which is one part (laughs) uh two two and a half hours two hours and 35 minutes so Right
1: there, there's a lot here. And there's a lot there, and you know, again, maybe getting ahead of myself. The original film I read was like originally four hours, really, and just cut into the two hour time. Right. So again, wow. just a lot packed into what? that. A information. It'll explain why certain things were done in yes. that original film. Yes. And
0: um, I'll play the kind of is it like the book guy throughout this. Um, <laughs> so I represent that part of the internet. Um, <clears throat> So because there's a lot to unpack, let's kind of unpack it <laughs> Oof, good with luck. my with synopsis, <laughs> synopsis. <laughs>
1: which is as long as the book.
0: <laughs> it's about as long as the book. It's a long book. <laughs> um, so getting into my synopsis, good luck, everyone. Uh, in the far future, actually the year 10,191. It's
1: pretty far in the future. <laughs> pretty far in the future.
0: <laughs> the known universe is ruled by Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV, <laughs> uh, Duke Leto of House Atreides, are you following me? <laughs> yeah. uh, ruler of the ocean planet Caladan is assigned by the Padishah Emperor uh, to replace House Harkonnen as the fief rulers of Arrakis, a desert planet. Uh, Arrak- also known
1: as Dune. Uh, also known as
0: Dune. A uh, uh, lot, lot of names. <laughs> Arrakis is a harsh desert planet and the only source of spice, a valuable substance that extends human vitality and is critical for interstellar travel. Um, Also, spoilers, right? So, heavy spoilers in this synopsis. Just uh, giving you a heads up now.
1: Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, so... Well, we might just help them understand. They still might not understand. That's true. (laughs)
0: That's true. Um,
1: In reality, the Emperor intends to have House
0: Harkonnen stage a coup to retake the planet with the aid of the Emperor's Sardaukar troops, they're important, eradicating (laughs) House Atreides, whose influence threatens the Emperor's control. Leto is apprehensive but sees the political advantages of controlling the Spice Planet and in alliance with its native population, skilled fighters known as the Fremen. Leto's concubine, <laughs> Lady Jessica, mm-hmm. is an acolyte of the Bene Gesserit, an exclusively female order wielding advanced physical and mental abilities. Although Jessica was explicitly <laughs> instructed by the Bene Gesserit to bear a daughter, whose descendant would become the Quasit Hadarach, that's like the Messiah. Um, <laughs> she instead of bore a son, Paul. Throughout his life, Paul is trained by Leto's aides, Duncan, Idaho, Gurney, Hallett, and the Mintat, Thufur, Howitt. while Jessica trains Paul <laughs> in big <laughs> Jesuit disciplines. Paul confides in Jessica and Duncan that he is troubled by visions of the future. Due to these visions, the Reverend Mother, Gays Helen Mohiam, visits Caledon and subjects Paul to a deadly test to assess his impulse control, which he passes the test. Um, House Atreides arrives at Arakan, also known as Dune. Or, uh, <laughs> the stronghold on Arakan is formerly held by House Harkonnen, where Duncan and an advanced party have been learning about the world and the ways of the Fremen. Leto meets a plantologist, Dr. Liet Kynes. Kynes informs Leto, Paul, and Halleck of the dangers of spice harvesting, including giant sandworms which travel under the desert.
1: Sandworms. 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 I, <laughs> <eat them myself.
0: laughs> I gotta do my Beetlejuice juice when we talk about sandworms. Ah yes, beetle <laughs> It's that time of year. Um, before Leto can form an alliance good beetle by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, before Leto can form an alliance with the Fremen, the Harconians launch their attack. The Harconians have a traitor within House Atreides. Spoiler. Um <laughs> Leto's personal physician, Dr. Wellington Yui, uh, who disables critical shields, leaving the Atreides nearly defenseless. Idaho is killed. Spoilers. Leto is captured. Spoilers. And nearly all the house of Atreides is wiped out by the Harkonnians. Baron Harkonnen has a Mentat, whatever, killed Dr. Yui with a poison blade. Leto dies in a failed attempt to assassinate the Baron uh, using a poison gas... Remember the tooth. 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 (laughs) Implanted in this tooth by Dr. Yui in exchange for sparing the lives of Lady Jessica and Paul. Because of how these movies work, there's a a two-parter on our remake. I basically end our synopsis here. Paul and Jessica survive the attack and escape into the deep desert, where they're given sanctuary by a siege of Fremen. The movies branch off their own endings from here. Did you get
1: all that? <laughs> That'll all be on the test
0: Too too long. Didn't read. Uh, there's an evil emperor. Um, there's a house
1: Harconian, which are basically like the Sif in this, uh, uh, Well, I kind of thought of it like, cause I'm new to this. So yeah. i kind of thought of it as like, this feuding houses it's like, mm-hmm. like, like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. It's like Capulet, Montague's feuding houses over this planet. Cause it has a valuable mineral spice. That's
0: okay. Wait a minute. It's <laughs> a pretty good scenario. <laughs> That's, uh, that's exactly what's happening. Um, yeah, and there's all kind of political... Political, religious... Religious, uni- galactic <laughs> implications, and uh, it's a pretty expansive universe. So um, with that being said, uh, let's just jump right in to um, our characters because the plot is confusing. <laughs> the characters we can understand. Yay! All right. Um, in the original 1984 film... We have Kyle MacLachlan of Twin Peaks fame, who plays Paul Atreides. And uh, we have Timothy Chalamet, the boy wonder, um, who plays Paul Atreides in the 2021 film. Um, As a person that read the book, I think I'll kind of start with, did these characters kind of match what I expect in the book? Um, Kyle MacLachlan, no. But, (laughs) But here's why. He just he looks too old okay he looks he looks too old um but that's really the only flaw mm-hmm. that i have for him um he just does doesn't look like what i expected paul I to look like versus timothy chalamet uh that handsome bastard uh <laughs> he just he looks kind of like in that teenish you yeah. know coming of age um you know beginning of my hero journey type guy um so i felt like from the jump uh, timothy chalamet kind of match what I expected a Paul Atreides to, l- to look like.
1: Right.
0: Um. In the original film, they use a lot more kind of like inner dialogue to yeah. try to tell the story.
1: Again, uh, going back to the original movie, it was four hours. Yeah. So in order to kind of condense that, yeah. they added all this voiceover, this yes. inner monologue. And it's, by today's standards, it's very, very cheesy. It's... <laughs> It's a, it's cheesy and like kind of creepy at the same time because yeah. it's not just like a regular voiceover with like echo. It's like, it's all whispers. All whispers. I That's need to whisper mind. to myself. Fear, fear is the mind yeah, killer. Yeah, yeah, So Silence! I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. And fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I'm it to pass over me and... Th- it's like, what?
0: yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Um, they could have just done <laughs> just inner monologue like at a normal yeah a normal
1: room <laughs> voice you don't need to whisper it like it's like you're not keeping it a secret It's nobody yeah. can hear you there's no need to whisper
0: yeah I'll say this uh you're making a great point about this 80s films. uh just the stage set in the original film we're kind of introduced to this world by for some reason princess Arulon who's like mm-hmm. um basically like the emperor's daughter yeah um and it is like classic 80s space opera cheese. Mm. She's just right in the camera, you got this like, uh, stars in the background, and she's like, here's some bullshit you don't understand yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a beginning is a very delicate time.
1: Yeah, it, again, four hours. Uh, so that was an addition yeah. just to help people understand this yeah. whole setup because it is very complex. There's yes. a lot of moving pieces yes. here. So let's, let's give it to you now. Cause when we introduce it later, hopefully you won't be as lost. right? So right. Virginia Madison, just doing her best to yeah. kind of hold your hand and like here, this is the journey we're going to take. I,
0: I did kind of enjoy just like just leaning into that yeah. trope. Um, I, I liked it. I thought, I thought it really like actually set some good universe building, which, um, you know, like I said, although McLaughlin didn't look what I expected Paul to look like, um, his, um, his portrayal actually did fit kind of um, the character. Uh, okay. Even though there's a lot of that inner dialogue, um, I think him, as well as like we were talking about, uh, Virginia Madison, were tasked with helping you understand, understand Dune. <laughs> And um, I think that he's tasked with a lot of that throughout the film. Um, And for me, I think it somewhat takes away from his performance because he's not able to just be Paul Atreides. He has to, like, explain (laughs) Paul (laughs) Atreides. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chalamet, um, they they let other characters, um, which I thought was a nice adaptation of the book, They let other characters kind of do dialogue Mm -hmm. while things are happening, too. Right.
1: I feel like he didn't really even talk that much. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, I mean, it's true. Um, It's weird, because you just spend a lot of time with him, and I still feel like I don't really know him. I mean, more towards the end, I guess, because it kind of shows some emotion, violence, and anger. But, um, yeah, he doesn't really give you much, I guess, um, from his portrayal and whatnot. But, like... um, just getting into character comparisons, mm-hmm. like in general, like I found the big difference between the two movies is like, um, it's pretty bleak in the remake. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's having fun. No. no, Everybody's pretty miserable. Yeah. Um, barely a smile cracked <laughs> in that remake. Uh, so yeah, you kind of mentioned before we did this, like, it's like Dune's like star smart Star Wars, yeah. right? So yeah,
2: it's
1: kinda... Kyle McLaughlin definitely feels more like that. Yes. Luke Skywalker, that kind of, Boy, who's like very eager to learn about this exciting new world of Dune. He, he's so excited to just see the planet. Why you look like a boy, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he has to have that kind of like that wonder of yes. like a boy. Like, yeah. oh, I want to see the worms. Like, tell me about the worms. Tell yeah. me about the planet, Doctor Yui. He's like so excited to just yeah. learn about like everything. And you know, I, again, like holding your hand. Like, I'm, I'm gonna watch a video about the <laughs> Dune, so, all right, so you guys can learn it. So he definitely just comes across as like. You know more joyful a little more innocence mm. in his portrayal as opposed to the remake where he's you know he's a lot of brooding a lot of like I don't know he's just like teen angst I guess yeah. in yeah. his performance he's not, he's not really whiny or anything no he just he doesn't really show any joy he, yeah he's
0: um he a lot of times he's kind of like the silent kind of yeah like he said angsty protagonist um I think for the world that they built um both do their job right like Mm -hmm. in this case like uh, Paul is sort of a blank slate at this point Mm -hmm. in the film like he's destined to be something right Um, and he's at this point where like it it could tip in any direction so um, I think Chalamet lets himself be like this blank vessel that uh, I'm as part two comes out I'm sure they're going to explore him quite a bit more but um you know McLaughlin definitely seemed like you said more joyous, more um, kind of like energetic. Like, hey, I'm gonna go after mm-hmm. this adventure. Like right. you mentioned, kind of like a Luke Skywalker, and <clears throat> that it's really good on the front end. And as he becomes more of like uh, potentially the quasi heteric, <laughs> you know, uh, they start lagging more voiceover toward him because, like, to me, it feels like okay these things are happening this is kind of what's happening next scene. this is kind of <laughs> yeah, what's happening yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah and chalamet like he awakens kind of like the character in the book when he gets on this planet and he starts to like you mentioned towards the end right starts to pick up a little bit a little bit more
1: yeah um, but i think for the films like both respective films like they both do a really good job yeah, um yeah. they're both Pretty easy to follow protagonists yeah. and get on their side. There's nothing really like. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a little cringy in the 80s, but you know, yeah. it's, it's expected.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, expected cringe and yeah. uh, actually appreciated cringe in my book. Cause yeah. Like just, like the universe that they built out. Um, it's not like how I imagine the <laughs> book, but I like like the universe that they created. Right. Like there's a lot of good variety between the planets and stuff like that. And McLaughlin really helps just kind of like guide you through these stakes. Um, whereas uh, Timothy Chalamet gets to rely a little bit more on this ensemble cast right. to help with the stakes. So, in that regard, I think Kyle has the uh, more work to do. Yeah,
1: he definitely does a lot more of the heavy lifting because yeah. he is the one that's like really explaining everything yeah. to you. Yeah. So, he has a lot of weight on his shoulders. And I, I think, you know, for what, what it is, he yeah. carries it well. I-
0: I actually really liked his portrayal. You know? no. I think if we cut a little bit of the inner dialogue, but I don't think you can, because right. then the movie doesn't work. because yeah, you're
1: just like, what's happening? <laughs> right.
0: um, versus like, you know, that sort of explaining, taking through the scenes type of portrayal I thought was actually impressive, and I think he handled it so well, actually. And Chalamet just like, felt to me like, all right, we're putting you in this universe, and I felt like he adapted to the universe that he was in so they both do their jobs um, I actually in terms of the acting I give a slight edge to uh, McLaughlin
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, in terms of like fitting the universe which I think is kind of important uh, Chalamet um, I think fit more of what I expected and I'm kind of because it's a two-part series I'm kind of interested to
1: see what they do right with I think that's, like, sort of a problem we're going to have with the remake is, mm. like, I feel like a lot of the characters are going to flesh out more yes. in part two. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's limited in that respect. So, yeah, a slight edge to Kyle McLaughlin, just because he does have to carry so much so <laughs> in much original. So film. much weight. Before they let a little baby do it. We'll <laughs> get to that. We'll <laughs>
0: get to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving forward, <clears throat> I would say uh, in because, again, these films are split. I would say the next kind of most important character um, is uh, Lady Jessica. So in the 1984 film, we have uh, Francesca Annis who plays Lady Jessica.
2: Paul, this is very important.
0: A concubine of Duke Leto and mother of Paul, Atreides. And in the remake, it's Rebecca Ferguson who plays Lady Jessica. Will you protect Paul? Uh, again, you know, the Bene Jesuit mother, uh, not wife of Leto, but father of Paul. Right.
1: Yeah. Concubine. Yeah. Concubine. Um, man,
0: you want to leave this one off?
1: <laughs> I mean, um, I know she's only, only a concubine and she's not, I guess the queen or whatever, whatever. or whatever it is, the status of yeah. Duke's wife, <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, but you know, um, for whatever, for all intents and purposes, let's just call her the queen yeah. <laughs> of that planet. Effectively, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, of that house. And uh, uh, I just thought, um, France, Francesca. Yeah, Francesca Annis. I just thought she just she just felt more regal. I I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just the way her poise, just the way she her handled herself, the way she um, you know just communicated with Paul. their back mm-hmm. and forth, I and mean, she just felt like she just had that air about her. Yeah, and. Um, but, you know, she is a concubine at the end of the day. So right. if you think about it like that, and then what Rebecca Ferguson did, it kind of works. She doesn't really seem that proper and right. everything. She right. just seems a little more, got a little more grit to her. Uh, yeah,
0: I can see that. And uh, kind of going back to being like the shepherd of the book, uh, <laughs> as it were, um, I completely flipped for me here where like Francesca Annis felt more like what I expected from Lady Jessica. Okay. Uh, especially okay. in these early scenes because she, in the book, she is kind of like this regal okay kind of proper character um she's basically um wife and everything but name you know right. so like it the only reason that uh, leto hasn't married Jessica is because of the political implication oh so okay so basically by not having a wife it allows him to like move you know uh, politically so <clears throat> I just felt like Francesca Annis like fit what I expected the character to act like. Okay. Um, but I think as the movie moves along, because Rebecca Ferguson does have to, as things progress on Arrakis, has to like slot in this more kind of like survival grit mode. I think she fits well on the, sort of the backing of the film. Right. Um but I, I'll say this, that like as I watch her, completely the opposite Uh, feeling I had for Chalamet I was like this doesn't feel like Jessica to me like I just uh, nothing that she was doing I think it was just kind of like her look and the way she carried herself she didn't feel like the Jesuit
1: yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird how because she had a, she definitely had a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. we Talked about how Kyle McLaughlin did out all of that heavy lifting. Yeah, you know, um, Rebecca Ferguson kind of does that. Yes. She's the one kind of instead of the voiceover, she's the one kind of saying the things right. as right. they're happening. So you know, she helps us get from A to B. Yeah, and she, she does do a lot. But um yeah, in terms of like the way I was watching the movie, I was like, she she should be regal, and yeah. I really liked. Uh, that original portrayal. Yes. Yeah, the
0: original portrayal, I think, was, like, kind of spot on in terms of, like, what I expected that character to act. Like, um, you know, kind of going back to the heavy lifting thing, Rebecca Ferguson basically plays Paul's inner monologue during, like, the Gamjabar scene where the torture box and stuff like that. Okay. Like, um, where the original movie would have made that, which it actually did, inner dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my hand is burning. <laughs> <laughs> the pain. And then you... I can see it it's a pretty interesting uh portrayal but um she's outside the door and she's like oh mine mine is the, right. uh, uh fear is the mind killer and, right uh the you know like she's explaining what's happening without directly telling you what's happening mm-hmm. and i think because of her status as the benny jesserit this kind of like high witch almost um she's forced to do a lot of the explaining in the movie and I think it may actually hurt the character because uh, like you mentioned, uh, Francesca is able to
1: just kind of just, be real. Right. <laughs> yeah. Works really well. It. I really liked her portrayal and yeah, I, I guess because I liked it so much in that original film when I was watching the remake, I was, I was a little disappointed that I didn't get the same kind of vibe from her.
0: I, I 100% agree with you, I was just like, oh man,
1: like I
0: was like, they kind of got it in the first movie, <laughs> yeah. enough. Like, besides some of the cheese, which you know, that's kind of—I right. mean, every, built in. there's cheese everywhere, but yeah. So. I was like, all right, let's see what they do. And like, I hate to say this, but like, of all of the casting, I felt like that was like a miss for me. I now, see that. now, who knows, right? Part two, right. maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe when she drinks that uh, water <laughs> yeah. maybe she's like whoa she's my favorite character <laughs> yeah yeah because like she's a badass in the book like she's basically this second most powerful person in the universe mm-hmm. uh based off like the world that we're getting here mm-hmm. and um yeah uh, I thought it was interesting um I'll say this is as, as well for Ferguson's character um she does do a better job of explaining the history of the Bene Gesserit. Like, mm-hmm. um, the fact that like, they basically like been seeding plans with like mythology in the instance that one at some point in centuries, maybe in the future, like they might create this little Messiah thing. They've been trying to build for, you know, millennia, basically. So like, I think she does a good job of like explaining that kind of um but yeah you know, that's about it she's good at explaining <laughs> she's not like she doesn't feel like jessica so that's interesting um interesting portrayal and uh, definitely an edge to the original
1: yeah and i just wanted just one little thing about the original like, going back to kind of calm glock and just being older like yeah. they almost look like they're yeah. the same age i know, know. Like, I know. I'm like that's his mom <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah that that's
0: Honestly, that's my only issue. Like he, uh, he, that side part doesn't make him look younger. <laughs> it's the Twin Peaks guy. <laughs> um, moving forward, uh, another character that's like important. um, Well, yeah, really important. <laughs> is uh, Duke Leto, Atreides. Basically, the head of House Atreides. In the original film, he's played by uh, Jurgen Prochnow. It'll be good to get to our new home all upset behind us. It was Paul's father in the book, um, and Oscar Isaac in the remake.
2: We are House of Traides.
0: There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Let me tell something. <clears throat> These guys both are pretty damn good. Oh yeah at being <laughs> that guy, right? <laughs> I kinda like the the beard look um that Jorgen brought to yeah. <laughs> He definitely, like you said, that Regal. Yeah. He carried himself very proper and like really, like I bought that he was like the Duke Leto, mm-hmm. you know? Um just had a good air about him. Um and Oscar Isaac, I mean it's Oscar it's Isaac. Oscar it's Isaac. Oscar <laughs> Isaac. Dude. He can't really do wrong. I was like, am I gonna follow this guy in the battle? Like, <laughs> like like I believe in this guy, man. Um I just think that like once Leto gets introduced in both films, I was like all right, here's that universe build right here. Mm-hmm. This is the head of House Atreides. And it kind of like, in both films, I think it grounded what to expect because there's so much, it's a space opera, basically. There's so many different threads, like the Harkonnens, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's like weird worm people in the original movie. It's like, here's a human guy, <laughs> square jaw, he's a leader. I get what's happening. And it, I think it kind of just brought me into the, uh, the universe once his uh his majesty as it were uh was
1: introduced no i mean they're both really strong portrayals yeah i think uh, oscar isaac maybe gets just a little bit more I because agree. of the longer runtime we just focus on his later a little bit longer but still really good portrayals. I don't really have anything negative to say. I just mm-hmm. feel like, again, going back to that original, I feel like he probably had a bigger role. It was probably cut a lot. There's yep. some awkward flashback uh, where we see uh, Leto and Jessica like just <laughs> naked in bed talking <laughs> and then it's gone in one second. It's like, well, why did I just see that? Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure he had more screen time with his wife, but he barely has any in that original film. It's just like moments of the two of them together. So Oscar Isaac um, gets to have scenes with Rebecca Ferguson, where it's just the two of them, and yeah. you know, they get to kind of you know share their thoughts about something. We need to talk about Paul. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to talk about Paul. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> but you know, um, in terms of capturing that regal feeling of a duke, I, they both absolutely nail it. And you know, I, I really don't have anything negative to say about these two guys. It's yeah, really good. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Here we go.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh this is about as close to a a push as I think I'm gonna get. Like, um I was pleasantly surprised by Jurgen. I was like, This guy is kind of like crushing it. Dude. <laughs> um, you know, even with like the uh the ring is important in both films, but like his when he's got the signet and he's like, you know, uh putting a seal on stuff, I'm like, Yeah, this guy <laughs> is in charge. But, like Oscar Isaac to me is just he's a phenomenal actor um what he was able to bring to the role um was really impressive and you know I, I i can't say enough about these two actors who are basically playing support right you know um they they bring a lot to this supporting role and uh
1: i was really impressed so um mm-hmm. i'll just say this um uh, i got more from oscar isaac okay. um just like in terms of what he wants to do with the Fremen and how yep. he wants to kind of treat them as allies more. I, I got more of that vibe again, probably benefits from the longer runtime. Um, we don't kind of got a little bit of that from uh, Jurgen's performance, but mm-hmm. it, it's definitely apparent with Oscar Isaac that he really wants the cares about the Fremen doesn't want to kind of take advantage of him like they were with the Harkon. Yeah, the Harkonnens. Harkonnens Harkonnens. Yeah. Um, you make a good point.
0: Like they that is where Oscar Isaac actually really shines here, is that he is able to portray that, like, he wants to have an alliance with mm-hmm. the Fremen. Right. It wasn't as apparent in the original yeah. that that was the case. Um, but, like, it's a very important part of, like, expectations mm-hmm. because both of these characters, I mean, it's the same character, but both of these men know that they're basically walking into a trap. Right. But they're like, well, maybe I can navigate it. This way, mm-hmm. and I think Oscar Isaac really gets that kind of like tortured. I'm going into this um this you know dangerous situation, and like even when he's talking to Paul, he's like, "I, I need you, like I can't have you running off in the battle like mm-hmm. you're yeah, you're an important part of this, and Oscar Isaac really does uh he lays out stakes mm-hmm. really well,
1: so. yeah. And the the lengths you went to in order to save uh, the spice miners, mm-hmm. um, just, like, organizing. It's like, we can only fit six people in the ship. No, we're going to put seven people in the ship. Yeah. You know, just taking that extra step. So, you, get, you know, again, just gets a little bit more to do. i yep. describe it. Yep.
0: And, and that um, that is a pretty good portrayal of something that happens in the book. You know, like, uh, they see the spice, you know, about to be destroyed by this uh, worm. Sand worm, sand worm. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. So, Any chance you feel? Beetlejuice? I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Anytime.
0: Anytime. Um, and that does show like Leto's uh, uh, morals, you know, ethics mm-hmm. and just like, he's a strong leader and Oscar Isaac pulls it off really well. Whereas like Jorgen, I just, I just like the cut of this guy's jet. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cool looking guy, man. So, um, yeah, kudos to both actors. But you're right. If If I'm being really objective about this, uh Oscar Isaac is doing yeah. more work, you know. And look, what what do you expect? It's Oscar Isaac. Yeah, <laughs> He's the best. Um in terms of like uh universe building as well, uh this next character who's more of an antagonist uh for both of these movies sets a lot of framework here. <laughs> and uh I gotta give it up to Kenneth McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> In the 1984 film, who's playing Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Baron
2: Vladimir Harkonnen, who encompasses his doom! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, Stellan Skarsgård in the remake, who plays uh, the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. Alice Harkonnen would never dream of violating the sanctity of your order. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård was giving me big Brando energy <laughs> in the movie. Like, just like, the bald head. Oh yeah, like that. very pale. Yes, <laughs> pale, large, <laughs> Brando, you know. Um, I, I, I enjoyed that kind of muted, sort of, mysterious mm-hmm. Baron. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where, again, we have to say this, you know in the next film he's gonna be, like, right. really, you know, involved but um the way that they portray even like uh in the books both these characters float uh for
1: Batman re- flies they, they get up there
0: <laughs> um the way they portrayed it in the remake I thought it was interesting it was much more like muted
1: right. pulled back um yeah they're snake like
2: <laughs> the so snake like I can be I
1: Record every other movie here yeah. um. <laughs> no it's it they definitely like held back in his portrayal because why because they're setting him up huge in that second film right he um gets sort of almost killed like and probably maybe a little deformed or something i don't know so like i'm just really excited to see him because we didn't really see him fly too much in the the remake right but oh boy
0: in that original oh oh my god dude (laughs) let me tell you something the scenery getting chewed up by Kenneth McMillan, <laughs> it's kind of the movie, yeah. it's like, I'm bouncing around, <laughs> I'm fucking stabbing this guy, I'm i got my face down, all these weird pussing, pussing pimples, I don't know what's yeah. coming out of the me. The doctors have like, sometimes they have eyeballs, sometimes they have like, sometimes they don't have ears, <laughs> what's going on i don't know he gets it though he He loves it (laughs) he's in charge um got bad haircuts for everybody (laughs) everybody shave the middle (laughs) (laughs) he's just a literal ball of energy yeah and i mean the i don't
1: know what to say he's just he's out there dude. talking about the remake not really having a lot of joy Kenneth McMillan is like all the joy is, in that original film, man.
0: He's just loving life. <laughs> he is chaotic evil personified and just like. Man, it's such an interesting yeah 80s villain right. portrayal, man. It's
1: it's, you know, thank God it's not the mustache twirling, right. I'm going to just be evil. This, this guy is this guy's just like. I'm having a great time here. We're gonna fuck Ooh, yeah. that guy up. I'm gonna like rip his heart thingy out, just rub his blood all over. Sting, I love your body. <laughs> I <at> my <laughs> so, that was such a crazy scene. It's like let's just have stings under I know, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Well,
0: when when uh when I realized that that was sting, and we'll get to that. Now, <laughs> you know, cause um uh, we don't we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that. But like yeah, dude, like you get so many random scenes yeah. out of this. Kenneth
1: um, McMillan just has like so many weird like appetites and like yeah. fetishes. Yes. And you know, it's, 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 it's like so many random things. Like when, when he captures Jessica, he's like, I just want to, just want to spit on you. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Man?
0: <laughs> it's, it's true, man. It's true. Like, um, you know, going back to that sort of the book thing I was talking about now. Did I expect that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, he, he does capture parts of the book, like the fetishes. Like, he does have these, like, sex slave guys that, like, he, he kills sometimes. They, people are trying to attempt to poison him through his sex slaves. <laughs> like that in the book. It's, um, like, he's just a very cruel character. And, but, like, he plays with this this fun error that you're like, right. you're, you're not rooting for the bad guy, but you're like, all right, let's see what this guy's going to yeah, do. Yeah, every time he's on the s-
1: uh, screen, every time you're just fixed on him. Yeah. He just, you're yeah, just drawing in. You're yeah. just like, man, what is he going to do next?
0: Big, big energy uh, yeah. from Kenneth McMillan. And um, like I said, I know Guard, we we're kind of setting, setting right. things up. So we're going to get to see more of his evil. And I think he's going to be able to pull off sort of the statecraft a little bit better of being a baron, but like screw that. Like <laughs> Cooper <Christopher laughs> Mill is literally bouncing off the wall. <laughs> it's it's insane, man. It just um, has like
1: oil showers yeah. and shit. I oh, don't uh, no know what's going oh, it's on.
0: so weird. <laughs> so weird. Just goop everywhere. It's like, yes, oh, I love you. You're the <laughs> four face. <laughs> there's a and there's like random stuff in this movie where like uh later on there's a character that gets poisoned, which does happen in the book. What doesn't happen in the book is the way they try to treat it. There's a cage with like a cat in it that I think has like a rat. He's <laughs> it. like, Yeah, you gotta milk this cat uh, so you don't die of the poison. I'm like, What? <laughs> it, it, it's like, you know, sometimes when like you're watching something that like branches off from the book, you're like, Oh, that's not like what I wanted. <laughs> this was like, I, Do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want, man. Like, if you want to, like, Put them in race cars. I don't like, <laughs> make it speed. I don't care. Just give me more of whatever that was. Inject that shit into my veins. Because, like, that was the 80s just fucking crazy epic. And this this guy encompassed it in one character. Yeah. What a fucking phenomenal villain. It's,
1: it's definitely one of the most memorable yeah. <laughs> villains, like, <laughs> ever. ever like, dude. I'm just like, what the fuck were they thinking? But, like... It works. It, it fucking it, works, man. It
0: works so well. It works so well, dude. Fucking. It's, and,
1: it, and he's just so goddamn disgusting. Yeah, he's just like just looking at him. You feel so repulsed. You feel dirty looking at yeah. him. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't look away.
0: It, it's a lot like that. Like you really can't look away from uh, from this guy, and it's it's just it's wild, man. Yeah. Um, I'll say that like in the. 84 film, his just persona, his whole vibe is like what kind of builds out this universe versus uh, 2021 where it's more of like the look, right? Like he's pale, he's you know, mysterious. And they do that with the Harkonnens. So just to kind of like help talk about that subject, uh, in the original film, you've got Paul L. Smith who plays Raban, who's kind of like uh, the Emperor's like Kinda of nephew yeah. guy. <laughs> Kinda of does. Kind of important. Um, and the remake is Dave Bautista who plays uh Glosso Raban. Well, should
1: we also throw in um Sting? We, yeah, okay. So you get a twofer.
0: <laughs> you get a twofer in the original. Uh Paul L. Smith plays uh Raban and um Sting plays Fade uh Roth, Fade is an important character. Uh, I don't recall anyone... He was not in the remake. Yeah, that's what... At least part one. Yeah, if he was, he was not named or, like, really showcased. Um, Fade is an important character throughout the film. Kind of minor spoiler. He's sort of like Paul's rival. You know, okay. when uh, when it's all said and done, which is why you get that epic fight scene. Okay, that's that's a little
1: more... wasn't really explained that well in yeah. the original film, because you, you don't really see the two of them interact no. until the very end. I actually got confused at one point, because,
0: like, Raban and Routh were there, and I kind of forgot, like, the, the way they had it, it was almost like this Tweedledee, Tweedledee yeah, 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 kind yeah. of scenario, but, like, I... Uh, I was getting the two characters confused because of kinda how important fate becomes in the book. Okay. Sting Gets a, a little bit of that bump from McMillan. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Sting's not doing much. No, throughout the No, not really. He's kind of he's just kind of <laughs> being Sting, menacing in the background. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah Sting. Evil, evil <laughs> grinning
1: <laughs> in the background with his hair spiked up, and sometimes he's just wearing underwear. Yeah, very oiled up. Yeah. <laughs> the,
0: the tantric sex master himself.
1: <laughs> when he's when yeah when he's just oiled
0: up in underwear, he's like ah, gaze upon the body of Sting. I was like, all right. And Macmillan's <laughs> like, yeah,
2: I'm gonna yeah. gaze upon the body.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see what they do with Fade in the uh in the next yeah. in Doom Part 2. Um what we got from Sting, you know, it was quiet until it wasn't, and when he started to kind of pick up towards the end, I thought uh I thought he sh- shepherded that role pretty well towards the end, but uh because the setup for him wasn't the greatest. Right. Um yeah. It it was definitely lost how kind of critical of a rival, I think, he is to Paul.
1: Yeah, for sure. I had no idea yeah. that they were supposed to be rivals until you just said it. Like, like yeah. they do have that fight at the end, but yeah. I, I was confused, like, well, why are they fighting? Right. Here? I don't, I don't right. really understand. The,
0: the The stakes were not set up properly, in my opinion. Right, um, yeah. Definitely. Like, like, Sting's character is kind of like a match for Paul. Okay. And, like, this is a very dangerous and fraught situation, which is actually kind of poetic, actually, giving props to the 84 film that is happening in the high court, that like the fate of the universe, as it were, is being literally played out with a knife fight. (laughs) 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 It's kind of cool, man. (laughs) Space knife fights. Um, But since uh, there is no fade in the uh, remake, at least not yet, we'll kind of hone back in on Paul Smith's uh, Raban and uh, Dave Bautista.
1: Paul Smith, just kind of there. Yeah. Just kind of there. Uh, He didn't really, yeah, he didn't really do anything. I know he's supposed to be kind of the leader of, like, the army, but, yeah, he's just, he has a menacing face. Yep. Um, He he seems evil. He eats, he has that weird drink that kills something, and he drinks it. Yeah, he's like, you know, he's, he's kind of like, um, He's almost like McMillan Light. Yeah. Super light. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: McMillan 64.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh um yeah, it's just uh
0: it's whatever. I think that because he's he's not a son, but he's kind of like plays the role of a failed son almost. Like he's he does not do well when he's put in charge. Um I will give Smith that, that. like I believe that that guy could be like incompetent because he's just kind of <laughs> sitting there doing up he's got a goofy haircut and kind of like the same outfit as McMillan, but like just none of that big energy
1: yeah, yeah. I mean which isn't his fault you know? yeah I, I think he probably had a bigger role but you know we got yeah. to cut a lot of things so True. he is kind of just in the background and then eventually he's just like not there anymore yeah so, right, okay which yeah. <laughs> you know fine mm-hmm. Um,
0: you know it's, it's one of those characters that like it's fine to that happens cuz he's ultimately he's a placeholder. Um, yeah,
1: like, he's not McMillan, he's not Sting. Right. So he's, right he's the odd man out. He is the odd <laughs> man, man out.
0: <laughs> so, you know, uh on the other hand, I felt that like Dave Bautista, this was a great role for him. He's he's just, uh been doing a lot of this like sci-fi stuff. He's in like Blade Runner 2049 now. He you know, um obviously Guardians of the Galaxy. His career really been taking off and I felt that he uh, where Skarsgård doesn't get to menace, I think Bautista took up that mantle. Like he's he's a scary looking guy in this film, and uh, he he has so much like rage. Yeah, like that's, very angry. <laughs> that scene where like the uh, House of Trades is taking over like, wow! Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> kill him. <laughs> it was like whoa, bro, take it easy. Uh, we got a plan. We're <laughs> yeah, not going to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um I also like that he's uh weird and pale. <laughs> like I like the yeah. the, the Harkonnens have a distinctive
1: look and mm-hmm. Bautista is kind of like the one portraying that
0: in the in the film.
1: Yeah. Again, I think he's going to have a bigger role yeah. in part 2. Yeah. Um but yeah, he does well in his role. Um I don't know if I'd call it more memorable. It's kind of you know, again, he's still kind of like in the background cuz they're not really getting too deep with the, yeah. um, the Harkonnen mm-hmm. um, yeah. in, in their side. So um, I am curious to see. Um, I hope, man, I'm sure he'll have a lot more to do yeah. in that part two. Yeah.
0: Uh, he definitely felt like a competent villain. Yeah. Versus like, Paul Smith, I didn't really get that, right? Mm-hmm. He was just kind of
1: there. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I'd be scared seeing the Batistas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for sure. The other guy, kind of a joke.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like why, you know, given the fact that like he kind of messes things up, I think the Bautista angle that they're playing here is that it's because he can't get out of his own way with his anger. Right. You know, he doesn't think ahead. Right. Whereas like Smith was just like,
1: I don't know. (laughs) I'm just, I fucked up at work. I'm not going to tell the boss.
0: (laughs) Right. For two
1: years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. There's like a Bautista who's like just trying to like hide... The fact that he's failing i could see that i mean we haven't seen it yet but yeah. i could see that at some point um so you know it's it's a package deal but all roads lead back to mcmillan yeah <laughs> um, and uh scars uh, we'll put a question mark next to that maybe he'll, right, right, right. maybe he will reach those uh, heights so those are your kind of like major villains going back because the characters are how we build out this story um Going back to our good guys, uh, in the original film, Sir Patrick Stewart <laughs> uh, plays Gurney Halleck. Mood's a thing for cattle and love play, not fighting. I'm sorry, Gurney. <sniffs> not sorry enough. And in the remake, returning character recently, Josh Brolin
2: <laughs> is
0: Gurney Halleck, who is the weapons master of House of Atreides and one of Paul's mentors. Choose your blade. Quite a day, Gurney. This is a song instead. In terms of like kind of going back to the book, Gurney is very important. He's like basically besides Jessica, the person that's trained Paul, he's got a high sense of honor and duty. Mm-hmm. Um if he fails at his duties, he takes it super personal mm-hmm. and um is basically knows that they're going into this dangerous desert planet and wants to prepare Paul for basically anything. Um Patrick Stewart is <laughs> Patrick Stewart, right? Yeah, like yeah. he he definitely pulls off this like I'm a man of honor.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know. Uh and then they put him in a crazy space shield. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about like things that like I didn't expect after reading the books like I didn't think the shield would look like <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: What's wrong with Gurney yeah. <laughs> I remember previous, just like watching it, like when she got like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like yeah. square guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like Gumby characters is yeah. <laughs> what they become. Yeah,
0: and um, there's a I sent you a gif of him like when they're having yeah, yeah. a space battle. There's a dog in the um movie for. For no reason. I don't recall. Well, there's
1: them. a lot of dogs in the, the original. A lot yeah. of pugs and bulldogs.
0: And it's just like Patrick Stewart with like in Uzi, just like <laughs> for the dog, and he's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, one of the greatest gifts on the planet if you ever uh, get a chance to look, look that up. Yeah, Patrick Stewart is uh, it's good. Yeah. It's good, you know? Like, um,. He's taken out of the movie quite a bit because yep. of the circumstances of the story. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, he I buy that him and uh McLaughlin have a connection. Like I buy that they like respect mm-hmm. each other and that Gurney Halleck is capable. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I mean most of that is done in
1: that one kind of like training fight scene mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um definitely uh kind of like the teacher student relationship is Definitely apparent there. Um, yeah, again, just very proper, very regal. Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart did miss him when he was gone, and then he come, he does come back, and he's you know, and the two years pass. You know, Patrick Stewart, you know, bald, but he's got the hair on the sides, and, yeah. that, and that grows like after the two years. Uh, that's uh, like almost like a mullet yeah, <laughs> going on there. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, it's Patrick Stewart. You're not gonna be mad that yeah. he's in the movie. No, uh, Josh Brolin. You know, very capable too. Doesn't really capture the, that kind of proper eagle no. thing. No. Um, kind of more of the the gritty kind of almost like a drill sergeant. Yeah, you know, I, I
0: was gonna say like I don't want to say grunt, but he's got kind of like that. I'm a military right force. I'm not really like the brains of the operation. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas Patrick Stewart, I think, kind of could slot into that role. Yeah. So. Brolin, I think, it was, just looked like physically, yes, like capable in that role. I do think that he doesn't come across as uh as like how do you put it? He doesn't have that same sort of mental command that I was kind of expecting because he's he's supposed to fit both those roles pretty well. But, I mean, Brolin. Um, I mean, he's a big guy. He looks real tough. And, he's huge in this movie. Yeah. yeah he, he, you know what? what that he, like
1: f- sixty now. <laughs> that's crazy, man. <laughs> Josh is just jacked. He's great.
0: And I thought that like when they had the fight with the shields and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I was like, that's when I started to feel like this twenty twenty one movie is capturing some of the things that I imagined right. from the book. It's like the shield wasn't a big block <laughs> that like they were like flying at points in the eighty four movie. Like I don't know, but. Like that blue with the red when um you know you're in danger, I thought that it was uh, a very smart choice visually. It's like a video game. A <laughs> lot no, like a video game, and I thought that like it would help because like if you're gonna have giant like battles with guys with shields, like right. having that red flash like okay, okay like, that, that guy's in danger, he's gonna die. die. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really helpful. It's so so smart of a, of a choice, and uh um you know Brolin, you know, we'll see right. Yeah. But, like. It is a character that by definition has to like kinda of be out
1: of the film for major points. So. Yeah, and with Brolins he's, he's, Josh Brolins angry, he's yeah. jacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's what he does. And unfortunately again, we're gonna see him more in part two, because he's just kinda gone <laughs> at a certain point in this movie.
0: Just kinda gone and um you know what's uh what's interesting is I felt that like the way Patrick Stewart played it right. Like his connection with Paul Atreides felt like more like fun, like that teacher dynamic. They felt like they like just really like like loved each other. I felt that in the in the remake, Duncan Idaho*. Fit that fit a little, that a little bit more. Fit that a little bit okay. more. Okay, yeah, I could see so, that. So, um, in terms of like the film, I'm actually gonna give a slight edge to Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. for uh his uh. Gurney Halleck, one, because he actually has the the ballast of the the guitar thing, (laughs) which is cool, Uh, space pug fight, (laughs) weird tetra shields, Um, crazy mullet, Uh, they gave Patrick Stewart, because they actually continued the story, they gave him something to do, so uh, he's got a definite advantage in my book. Um, Roland looked tough, but didn't really feel like Gurney to me. I feel like Stewart, though he was older and not as physically imposing, had that, like, I'm teaching you the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. Error to him. Which I think, when you look older, you kind of have that gravity to right. do that. Brolin, who is older, but looks like...
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> he like, looks amazing. <laughs> God, <he's>
0: fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm not talking about, like, anything that he does as the character. I'm just like, look at this fucking guy. He looks tough. <laughs> um, um, I'll say that, yeah, Patrick Stewart to me kind of edges it, but you know, yeah. both of them were fine.
1: Again, we'll see what he does in part two, you know, it's, when they have that reunion in the original film, like, you know, after Paul has changed significantly, mm-hmm. yes. just like, is that, is that you? And just like, that's, that's a really cool Dirty moment. Dirty man.
0: Really <laughs> yeah, it is a cool moment and, uh, perhaps Brolin will get that But yeah. Um, stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> uh, I curious, I thought like I mentioned, was elevated in the remake. Significantly. Um, significantly. <laughs> yep, here we go. Uh, in the 1984 film, uh, we have Richard Jordan, who played Duncan Idaho. And in the remake, you got Jason Momoa, my man. <laughs> Duncan Idaho. Duncan. My A swordmaster of House Atreides and one of Paul's mentors. Yes, I'm going to Rockies tomorrow with the advanced team. Richard Jordan in the original film, I mean, you know, I guess in terms like the look, you know, he's kind of a handsome guy, but
1: like, that's it. He's in the movie for like 30 seconds. seconds. (laughs) He's, He's barely in that film, I mean yeah you're introduced so I'll go over him of <laughs> yeah. so you're introduced to Duncan right when he's leaving Paul's like where are you going I'm going to the planet I'll see you later and then you see him like reunion with the father he's like yeah. hey you're here yep I'm here and then you see him in the Tetris blocky shield yeah. have one of the most comical deaths yeah. in the entire film yeah <laughs> because you know a slow blade penetrates the shield yeah and then, like there's a bullet just slowly going towards him he doesn't move at all right he just kind of lets it happen and then ah <laughs> God just fucking like dies. It's
0: it's pretty pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, I had to rewind his laugh. It so hard the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I just um, Duncan Idaho, in the book, is a lot more like Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's 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 cool. He's got sex appeal. You know, like, I'm gonna go out to the planet check out the the uh, local fair, you know. Um, and. I just, I felt that Jason Momoa was believable as, like, a capable swordsman who, like, look at this guy taking out Sardaukar left and right. This is the Emperor's most elite forces, and he's like, I got this, man. And they use Jason Momoa for foreshadowing, you know, and Paul's uh, dreams and stuff like that. Momoa, as, as usual, he's just got that fun... Yeah. energy it's, just um,
1: Jason, Momoa. it's you know, Jason Momoa you yeah. like it you like it if yeah. you don't like it it's more Jason Momoa yeah. unfortunately yeah
0: like does he really fit like there's nothing about him that feels similar to anyone else right yeah he definitely <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're just about
1: Jason Momoa in a movie and yeah. everybody else is doing the Doom thing but yeah. Jason Momoa Jason is doing Momoa's Jason, Jason, Jason Momoa.
0: Know, right right <laughs> and uh it works it works <laughs> it's like it, like you said if you like Jason Momoa but like is that what I expected Duncan Idaho to kind of like look and act like not at all the times but like uh it was a it was a pretty good portrayal because like he immediately set himself apart as a warrior which yeah. i think idaho does in the book and um you know his death has a lot more meaning
1: yeah there's a lot more weight in his death. right because you he, he follow the character right he has a much better portrayal of the relationship between him and paul yes and the, like you said, that foreshadowing. Paul tells him, "Like I had a dream that you died," right? And it's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> well, thanks for telling me. Right, asshole. right, right. So yeah, as an audience member, you're kind of like, "Well, when is it gonna happen?" Because you know it is—it's coming. And right. it's a pretty fucking cool death. It's I a cool. Say that.
0: It's a super cool death. This 2021 film does a, a very good job of early on showing Paul's visions. Paul thinks that by being there, that he can stop Duncan Idaho's death, and uh, it's a nice juxtaposition because. It's like no dude just because you can see kind of the future it doesn't mean that it's going to play out the way you want it to and um you get this instant like damn man Momo is out of the movie like <laughs> the weight of it and then it also like again raises the stakes for paul because he's like just because i can see things doesn't mean i can stop things
1: and um it it it's a super cool death. It is it's? Just, I'm just gonna go into because you like, think he you think he's dead because he gets stabbed. He has got a fucking blade just yeah. in him, and then like they're they're coming through the door. They're gonna get Paul and his mom, mm-hmm. and then Momo just comes out, takes the blade. I was like, "Fuck you, I'm alive, motherfucker!" Yeah. He just just keeps going, man. So it's yeah, it's pretty badass death. Oh, totally. totally.
0: I'm uh, super impressed by Momoa's uh ability to like make me care about him that quickly in a film. Um he's just really good at that turn around, wink and a nod, <laughs> hey kid, I'm gonna go fuck some <laughs> shit up. And like, what a honorable, cool death. He's like yeah. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm still taking <laughs> out more guys. Saves the uh The people it's it's pretty
1: cool yeah yeah he he really sacrifices himself he like knows he's like oh i gotta fucking protect the kid and the mom yes like and only i can do it so yeah it's really badass um just a lot more fleshed out yes obviously like we said he's like in the original movie for like half a minute (laughs) so it's it's just woo do i care that this guy dies as opposed to mmo who like i said you got that like a really well-established relationship with paul and because Paul cares about him, you as an audience member care about him, so his death like has weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, this next character, uh, I'm
0: just gonna kind of gl- basically gloss over um, uh, because the scene that you're talking about where Duncan Idaho dies is kind of pivotal to moving the story forward in the uh, remake. So I'm gonna introduce some other random characters, but like just to say, hey, did they kind of look like that? <laughs> um, Uh, in the original film, you had Freddie Jones, who plays Thufur Hallett.
2: Those sounds could be imitated.
0: Um, had the crazy eyebrows. And the red lips. Yep, And then the- Human computers or something. Yeah, exactly. And then the remake, it's Stephen McKinley Henderson, who's uh, Thufur Hallett, who- I'm just gonna say this, uh, uh, he wins. (laughs) Three guild Navigators, a total of 1.46 million 62 (laughs) salaries. I just liked his look, like he really um the Thufers have like you said that ability to like see things and like um they do a lot of mental calculations, and I just thought that like yeah the eyebrows thing eh, I guess you look different, but like um just the way Stephen McKinley kind of carried himself, he felt like like almost like a sage, you know like he felt mm-hmm. like a guy who yeah.
1: He Has a certain amount of gravitas. Yes. Um, when he's just just where he carries himself, and uh, they did this really cool thing too, where like mm-hmm. where his eyes go white. Yeah. When he's like kind of like I said, kind of like a human computer thing, and it's yep. just it's a subtle thing, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I don't have a lot to say about him, but I thought that like in this universe building that they did in the remake, I thought I was like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of mm-hmm. dope because other characters are mentats. Uh, for Howard is a mentat, which is a human computer kind of deal. It's kind of like Benny Gesserit Light, like, eh, I can kind of <laughs> calculate things, but I don't know things. Right. So, like, other characters do the uh, the eye-white thing, so it's like, oh, yeah, that's a mintad, And, you know, again, nice, quick visual, which I think this movie does well, like we said with the shield. shield's blue, now it's red. Dead guy, right? Uh, guy's eyes turn white, he's calculating. Right, yeah. You know? thought, it, thought it was pretty good. And the... There's two characters. There's two doctor characters that we get to. So we'll start with our, spoiler alert,
1: traitor. Um,
2: <gasps> Dr. Duck, Yui! Duck. Or
0: Yue. <laughs>
1: yeah, UA. I uh, like I, lo- I like Yue better. Huey yeah. sounds too much like Dewey, and then I yeah. think of DuckTales. <laughs> <Sorry>. True, true, <laughs> true. Uh, I, I agree with you,
0: actually. Uh, in the original film, Dean Stockwell plays Dr. Wellington Yue. may have tampered with them medically. In the remake, Cheng Chen plays uh, Dr. Wellington Yue, a Sook doctor in the employee of House Atreides. What do you want? I gem their combs
2: and lowered their shoes. Mm. I did refer the Duke and his family.
0: So, kind of like your general medicine man, um, uh, if you got an injury, you got poison, Yue's there. Um, there's a lot of kind of backstory for the guy it's not like it's easily explained like his wife's been captured by the harkonnens um he doesn't know whether she's alive or dead and he's trying to get her back which is why he's willing to betray the honorable duke leto um i
1: this
0: one's tough for me because like i thought ching chen was like
1: Good. I thought he was good, but, but he, I didn't he, think he really brought anything new yeah, to it. I agree. Yeah, and uh, I I liked um, how they kind of foreshadowed his foreshadowed his betrayal a little bit more in the original yeah. film because like he's examining bodies. There's messages in the mm-hmm. dead bodies yes. that he has to get, like his orders. So you know he just he gets a little bit more to do. I agree. I
0: agree. Yeah, like Chang for someone that's so kind of important, I don't think they would spend enough time with him because no. Yui, y- UA, Yui, whatever. His betrayal is completely unexpected. Like, everyone inherently trusts him mm-hmm. in the house, just as much as they trust Duncan, as much as they trust uh, Gurney. Um, th- like, all of these characters are pivotal to Paul's training. They are loyal to the Duke, and to have any one of them betray is like a massive, massive mm-hmm. thing. And Chang uh, Chan
1: is like, oh, yeah, that guy. Kind of, yeah you know, that's that guy was in that one scene he's the he's the traitor yep. yeah i don't I feel like he had enough screen time like i feel like right. you should have felt like like oh he's the one that betrayed them like because he gets i think he gets a lot more screen time in yeah. that original film he's, I just, agree. he's with paul in the beginning when we meet paul you know he's got time with the duke but he's not really doing anything I know. in that remake he's just like you know we talk about that they use the longer screen time to you know Trial like Oscar Isaac yeah. and uh, Dave Batista and um, like all those other characters, they just get more to do. But I, he's one of the characters that got less to do. Right. I mean, like the way we felt about Duncan Idaho in this
0: remake. Could you imagine if someone like Duncan Idaho betrayed? Yeah. Then you be like, well, holy Riot. shit! Yeah. Right. Chang betrays him. It's like, oh yeah. You know, we've moved to this phase of the story. Right. Exactly. Right? Um. So it, this is a character that's definitely hurt by a lack of screen time in a movie where they offer screen time up to characters that may not even necessarily need them mm-hmm. but again we don't know until we see the full yeah. work but uh yeah kind of a, kind of let down cuz i think the original does portray the the portrayal and the things that are happening like you said with the messages a lot better yeah so um, yeah uh, it's a shame cuz you know it's not like changed anything wrong it's just not, yeah. it's not so, in the movie just, yeah
1: you did not get anything to
0: <laughs> do <laughs> Yeah, um, and then I bring him up because of this portrayal, uh, involves another kind of, like, doctor, ecologist character. Um, in the original film, Max von Sydow plays Dr. Uh, Keens. Are you a Fremen? I've been an Arrakis in the service of the Emperor long enough for my eyes to change. Or Kynes, whatever. Um, and in the remake, we get, um, we get a gender swap from from the book, which, uh, I thought it was actually kind of interesting, but uh, you got Sharon Duncan Brewster as Dr. Leah Kynes, the Imperial Ecologist and Judge of Change on Arrakis.
2: He's locked the door. Um, in the
0: books, uh, I guess this isn't guess spoiler. In the books, uh, Kynes is the father of Chani. Right, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, wow.
1: Oh, right. Oh.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Which is why like, when they did the, uh, the the gender swap, I was like, huh. Oh. Because, like, it, is, it, is that carry over? Like, are they going to keep that in the right. movie? I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah. So, Kinds of is kind of like, in the book, he's kind of like this character, like, almost like in a Yui sense, you're like, whose side is this guy on? You know because he he's very loyal to the fremen but he has to work for the Duke mm-hmm. and in the background there's some other stuff going he's basically trying to uh, terraform the planet secretly <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah, yeah. stay t- minor spoiler stay tuned um so it's it's a um, important character uh, I felt like kind of you know these two films seem to uh, swap who they deem important enough to get screen time. I felt like Moxman, Max Van, Van Al, um, you don't get a lot from him, right? Like a lot of the stuff I'm saying, you're like, oh, I don't know that, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like,
1: oh, yeah, the biggest thing he does is explain how that suit works. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Right. Yeah, the uh, the still suit, um, you
0: just, hey, you, you pee in there, well, yeah. you're gonna be- <laughs> You can pee a shit in there and it's
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go right through this tube. <laughs> Or you're not going to be drinking that. You're going to be drinking your sweat. So that's cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, um, Sharon Duncan Brewster um, does that too, right? She explains the suits and stuff like that. I felt like she was a very strong character for the limited amount of screen time that she had. I think she just carried herself so well. And they do the thing with uh, the sandworm um, with her, which isn't really in the book but it it it's a good place to show this desert power. Desert power becomes like a drinking game at a certain point. <laughs> and uh, Oscar Isaac says die. desert power. Paul says desert yeah, powers power. It <laughs> it's desert power. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, um King's a, a minor major character, right? Like um who they're related to is kind of important. What they're doing that we don't really know about in either of these films is kind of important, but uh it's you know I thought that brewster had the the better run um and you know when you have a precious property like that, doing something like a gender swap is a risky proposition, but i think she uh
1: i think it was worth it for that portrayal i think the uh i guess that conflict as to like her role as like you know having to follow the emperor mm-hmm. and still like working with house At- 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 atreides, atreides yeah. <laughs> thank you. and you know am i going to still work with house atreides even yeah. though the emperor betrayed them like who do i follow here right. and then the, having that relationship with the fremen too yes. it's just the complexity of that character was uh, just brought out a lot better uh, yeah. in, in the remake as opposed to i max von stauer like who I said just okay he explained the suit i don't even remember what he did after that like i don't remember if he had a death i i really don't remember
0: I don't either. Like, uh, just very forgettable uh, character, um, and who shouldn't be? <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be forgettable. No, I mean,
1: if it's uh, the father of uh, Le-
0: uh, the love interest, you know, Leah Le- Kynes, Doctor Kynes, basically helps Jessica and Paul survive. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, you know, you get that in the remake. You get that. It starts with Duncan, right, who gives the, the honorable death. Then Khan's like, you know, go this way. I'll distract right, that way. Right, right. Um, huge, huge character. Um, I don't know how important or if that connection is going to be there. It probably Othell. will. Probably, right? Um, but again, this is actually one. Like I said, Brewster hands down. Um, this is a nice jump into the Fremen. I think it will probably be kind of the last
1: set of. Wait, wait. wait. There's one character I want to okay. talk about. Um, I was looking him up. It was the. The Mentat uh, for uh, our Baron.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. What, Pete, Peter?
1: Uh, yeah, mean, Peter. Peter. Peter, Peter. I, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, let's see. Hold up. I don't know who he's in the remake, uh, but it's portrayed by Brad Doroth uh, in uh, the original, which is yeah, Chucky.
0: Come <laughs>
1: Chucky here.
0: Oh, <yeah>, <laughs> you, you got me there. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I was like, I don't need to worry about a random Mentat. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> Chucky. And then who
1: portrays him in the. I don't know. It's he's the guy from uh Suicide Squad. He's the polka dot man. No oh, shit, hold up. Let me just look up Suicide Squad. The
0: the most recent one? Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Stop me if you see him. Polka dot man, David. Yeah. 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 Okay. Dash Mountain. I did name him. Um Yeah, so let's see, so Brad Dorf in the original film. Uh, is playing the mintat and uh it's David Dash Malkin who plays him in the uh yeah in the remake.
1: So, so yeah, just uh we talk about like the weirdness of like the Baron side. Like yeah. this guy's got yeah huge ass eyebrows, he's got the, the super red lips, he like talks weird and yeah. he just like repeats these weird phrases to himself and so and it's Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a
0: great great pool, man. Um uh, an alumni, yeah, <laughs> retro versus remake alumni. So, yeah, so good, good character to to bring up because I would have just glossed yeah. past that, but uh, you, you can't, you can't not yeah. mention Dorf. <laughs> yeah, I gotta mention Brad Dorf. Man. I mean, what, what are we doing here? Um, so moving towards our our Fremen, which I think uh, will probably be the, really the last players we're talking about here. Um, yeah, in The original film, you've got Everett McGill who's playing Stilgar, the kind of leader of the fremen
2: you have strength you shall be known as usul which is the strength of the base of the pillar hmm.
0: and uh the remake is javier Bard- <laughs> bardem and there's no yielding under the umtile rule only death is the test of the man um miguel yeah whatever right like yeah he's, he, he's basically a bit player because they're just like we're folks in the pole. we got Right. It, that movie starts kind of racing to its conclusion. Like,
1: yeah, it really just picks up the pace. <laughs> we just you got that you the last half hour. Is hey, just princess, like, princess, just so tell them what's happening. Uh, <laughs> little baby, all right, go,
0: go, go. go. <laughs> yeah, the last half hour just picks up the pace. So, Stilgar, um, we don't get to really see him in, like, kind of, again, the political implications of Stilgar and having Paul Atreides basically kind of. Paul's existence is dangerous to Stilgar because Paul's stronger than him. And the Fremen kind of operate off of, like, who's the strongest? Right. That's why they have that fight with Jameis. There you go. mm mm-hmm. um, Javier, uh, he's not, in terms of look, what I kind of expected Stilgar yeah. to look like. But I think he's a great Stilgar. Just that kind of... Uh...
1: Yeah, he's just kind of <laughs> chilling
0: and shit happens. I uh, yeah. They're going to fight now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got the weirdly way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, he, Bardem, I, I'm looking forward to part two because he's going to be, like, mm-hmm. heavily, heavily involved. And in, uh, sure. from what they've established, I just kind of like his general demeanor. So as things get more dangerous, i am be interested to see how that character mm-hmm. deals with it. So, um, Stilgar, great character. Stay tuned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, again, just in the original, he's, you know, he's there. Mm-hmm he really do much eh, sometimes he maybe high-fives Paul or something I don't okay. know he's, he's really just a background player because like you said he's just introduced and then we're rushing to the end
0: we're just moving forward right um, in another good Fremen character uh, very important fremen character in the original you have uh, Sean Young who plays Chani
2: Would not have permitted you to harm my tribe.
0: And the remake, it's Zendaya playing Chani. <laughs> yeah. So Chani, we uh, we get early intro to she actually like tells you what's going on at the beginning of this uh, this remake. So that's yeah quite the change. She starts it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh the character that I guess because she's in the dreams right i guess this is a it is decent to introduce her so early but uh i do kind of like that we get the real chani reveal later i guess in the original film like having chani be the one telling you the story is kind of
1: yeah i guess that kind of takes away i guess from like when they actually yeah when they finally meet because like in the original film you know she's just this figure in his dreams that Mm. you see sometimes, and you're just like, well, when are they they gonna meet? When are they gonna meet? And then when she finally says the line to him, like, oh, tell me about your home planet. You Mm. know, it's it's just like, that's such a cool moment. Yeah, it is. In that original film. But uh, Zendaya doesn't really have that moment, I guess, because we start the movie with her. Yeah, it's like she's basically explaining dune
0: like she's like right. the harkons uh, she's kind of taking a uh, virginia madison's mm-hmm. role yeah. almost not as not, cheesy, not, <laughs> not nearly cheesy and, you know i, I get it because like if you haven't read the books you like if you don't have that intro like what the hell's even what are they fighting for so she's like this is who the fremen are this is what the Harconians are um but it does take away from like some of that mystery of yeah chani um and because this is a two part right, film. Yeah. And we're kinda just picking up when he meets
1: Chani. Yeah, like, just like twenty minutes left in the yeah. film when he meets her. It it's uh
0: unfortunately she doesn't get to do right. Chani stuff yet. Yeah. Um She's gonna be heavy in the uh, past so, for sure. Very important character. I mean like uh yeah, top five in importance in the, the book. Um yeah, so we'll see. Uh Zendaya, I think like I don't know. I felt like every scene they shot her, it felt like one of those like perfume commercials. Yeah, it really did. Because yeah. it got the spice like, going yeah, too.
2: <laughs> spice. Spice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, she does pull off like that, like I could kill you vibe, in a way that Sean Young, I didn't get that at all.
1: Like, yeah, like being a capable warrior. Yeah. Like, it,
0: Yes. Isn't that though like physically she doesn't actually look tough. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the way uh she kinda holds herself in the way that she's introduced is like, okay, I can see her mm-hmm. like killing people, you know. Um, you know, unfortunately kinda like a wait and see. Uh I just thought that the way they rushed Sean Young's character through yeah. just weakened Shiny dramatically mm-hmm. in the film to the point where she was of like no consequence which should not be the case at all
1: right yeah because like it's cool because like you see these dreams of her and then he finally meets her and then again you just gotta rush to that ending and then she we just don't really get like any real substance like it's like you see paul go oh i love you it's like whoa where the fuck did that come yeah. from it's, it's just so rushed yeah because you gotta get to that ending
0: it's a yeah it's a shame it's a shame but uh you know i we'll, we'll talk about the ending a little bit more Towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the last character, we we finally, merc- mercifully made it to like the last characters that we're going to reference, is not in the remake yet, but has to be discussed. Um, Alicia Witt, <laughs> playing Aaliyah in the uh, original film. It's crazy, she's so <laughs> young. I'm-,
1: I'm a messenger from Mo'adip. poor Emperor.
2: My brother won't be
1: very pleased with you. I mean, I don't know her in, like, too many, but I just remember from that Sopranos episode yeah. where she's the D-girl. Fucking D-girl! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's great
0: in that. That's a great episode. Yeah, that was a really good one. Crystal fall. <sighs> Why Dickie Montesanto in the, uh, mini sons of <laughs> You know, uh, they were like, all right, book, I see what you did there. And we're just gonna do that. We're just gonna make a little, like, God brain child <laughs> because jessica like is pregnant and um
1: that is
0: yes that is discussed
1: in the remake i believe
0: yeah he does yeah. He, he says He's like, i know you're pregnant friend. she's like
1: how do you know like i barely know that." yeah
0: yeah <laughs> right like the powers of their perception are so great um uh there is something that happens with this child well i mean if you watch the original fuck it. spoilers if you're watching the remake and you want to, Go spoiler-free, lunatic. Um, but uh, th- because of the um, the water the of water life. The water
1: of life that well, she drinks when she's pregnant. Uh, mm-hmm. She becomes like a
0: god. <laughs> yeah, so their minds basically expand exponentially because of the spice to the point where they have, like, control of, like, just... It's almost like being able to see the future. Like, they have just knowledge of basically everything. And this little baby from... Uh, from birth is basically like a full grown woman, like, yeah, knows languages, customs, and like, it's actually it's drawing for the Fremen because she's just like, I'm just like this,
1: and they're my almost like demon kid, like, I just, yeah, uh, yeah. And she ages uh, a lot faster, like, she's only two years old, yeah. but she's able to, like, be 10. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's crazy, it's yeah. crazy. Um, but, uh, a fun fun character
0: gets some Gamjabar action in the remake. I'm uh, assuming. Gamjabar action in the original. So that's something. But uh, a character that I have to discuss because it's the craziest part of the movie. Like, it's it's great. I love it. <laughs> uh, favorite character. <laughs> so that's kind of like uh, about where you can stop with characters because... Like we mentioned the remake is in two parts mm-hmm. we kind of stop at the uh, meeting of the fremen uh which is kind of like almost like a halfway point in the yeah. book so it makes sense to stop there um interesting um interesting casting uh i felt that um you know just to put a button on the casting part of this conversation everyone that they cast minus like maybe jessica i was like Yo, that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. that, may, I like that casting mm-hmm. choice, and I felt that like kudos to the uh, casting director for uh, this Dune remake because it felt Dune like everything that they did with the costumes and the characters. I was like, yeah, this this kind of freaking works. Um, that original though, like not every character works but the ones that do <laughs> man they, they really work so th- those are our cast and crew uh, I guess moving f- moving forward like um with the universe building because I, I, I would say like the universe of the character in it itself like um what were your takes on kind of like how they portray this like futuristic kind of
1: uh, um universe I mean I Really liked a lot of the practical effects in the original Music. film, um, and the set pieces were looked pretty grand and pretty incredible. Yeah. uh it didn't look like well, that looks stupid. I mean, some of you know maybe, talking about maybe the, the worm part. <laughs> well, even I mean the worm wasn't too bad. I mean, well, when he rode the worm,
0: it was kind of what
1: I'm getting at. I I kind of like that part. <laughs> <more. laughs> I All thought right. that was really fucking cool. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know. It's kind it kind of had like a
0: swords and sandals kind of feel to it, you know, uh, the
1: way they shot it. I just thought it was really cool, and like, he climbs the worm, and then, like, you got the epic music yeah. playing. Okay. Or, I don't know if That's it's. Toto. <laughs> and it's, it's just, I, it worked for me. Yeah, I do yeah, cool. was like, he's riding the worm. And yeah. they, like, they did that in such a cool way, too, because, like, I guess, I don't know how the book does it, yeah. but, like, I don't think the Fremen had ridden worms in, mm-hmm. until Paul did it in the original film. But it looks like the remake, looks like we're already seeing people. Yeah riding worms. Yeah,
0: the, uh... I think that the worm riding happened too early in the remake. Um, That desert power doesn't really get discovered by the likes of him until later um, when he's more involved with the Fremen. So, um... Yeah, like, it was cool because they are like, we gotta show the worm. Like, Hmm. Like, people would revolt if you don't show some of the worm stuff. So, um... You know, I get why they did what they did in the remake by introducing it earlier and having Kynes like, ready to ride a worm when she brought yeah, hooks, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, hooks and stuff. So that was cool. That um, was cool, but I do like that it's kind of Paul, our kind of Messiah yeah, guy. that yeah, does He drinks the Water of Life, super, and then he's able to ride the worm. Dude, great. it reminded me of, like, yeah. Shadow Colossus. It was just so yeah. fucking badass. Yeah. I was like,
0: man, I'm, I want, now I'm in. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm in on this they, tune. They swapped the order of events. So the, the Water of Life should have happened after the worm riding, but it doesn't matter.
1: It oh, is that what happens if that not fucking mad. <laughs> uh, but it, I still think it's cool because it is cool. he needs the water of life and then all of a sudden it's like, oh now I can, I can master like this giant yeah. thing. And you know, not for nothing. I thought the worms looked pretty fucking good the, in that. The worms look really good in the original. And, and like they really did a great job of just, you know, capturing the size of it. Yeah. Like, especially when that first uh spice mining machine gets just swallowed by the worms, yeah. just like seeing it like surrounded and that's just like its teeth. It's like, Oh my god, this yeah, thing yeah. is huge. So really good effects yes uh for the work
0: I mean like to the point where there were things happening in in this 84 film that I was like like I don't understand what that thing in the jar that talked weird was. I don't know what that was because uh I didn't read anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) but like just weird mouth it had and stuff like that like um it was like the guild guy giving orders to the Emperor like that oh Giant. yeah yeah the, the,
1: it was the guild thing and that's the reason they could travel or right. they fold they're the things that fold space so, yeah that was just yeah weird i, I don't know what dark. the fuck that was guys but yeah the thing that like when it talked like shit came out of his mouth and yeah. it's like it looked like you know kind of like a vagina yeah <laughs> But, so we got but, the worms that look like dicks. Yeah. And then I'm just going to say this because uh, Sam said I got to bring this up. Something worms kind of look like dicks okay. in, the, in the original and then they the kind of look like buttholes in the remake. They did
0: look like buttholes in the remake. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So the,
1: uh, yeah, the
0: 84 film, you're right. Like the practical effects worked really well. I think that like, that was kind of like, besides the Baron, the star of the show, like the, that almost like steam, punky planet that the Harkonnens are on and just like the like we mentioned like some people don't have eyeballs they have like like yeah it was weird it was weird and crazy but like they they leaned into it Mm -hmm. they committed and by committing every planet felt like unique right Kaladin you know it was like there are some waves and stuff Mm like that but like when you saw like castles and shit like that, like, or whatever that was. Right. It looked looked real. It looked yeah.
1: Good. Yeah. I was trying to figure out like, was that, was that a map painting? Like wh- how did they get yeah. this? Obviously no CGI right. in that original film. So it was, it was just a really good job. And like you said, great distinct looks between yes. the different planets because well, we could, we got a lot of things going on here. So making things easy to identify yes. for me is a great job. Yeah. So good job to the original film and then getting to the look of the remake. Um, the look at the planets was I just felt like, Oh, meh kind of about mm-hmm, yeah. it. Because like, very, after seeing 84. Yeah. yeah, especially it's like a lot of a lot of monochrome going on. It's not yeah. very colorful. Like, you know, I get it. Like, it's a lot more serious and more grounded, I guess. But like, you know, like, we could have a little bit of flashier, here right. with the look of the planets,
0: I think, um, what the remake does well, is the costume design? Yeah, like, um, this feudal futuristic you know like almost like imperial military kind of garb like uh, it's the future but guys are reading scrolls and stuff like that Like, uh, <laughs>
2: uh,
0: I think that like I liked the way that that looked because it felt like okay I could see this being ripped from the book right the 84 film like I don't know, I don't know if this was in the book but it's cool <laughs> you, know, you know um this remake feels a lot like they're like we're doing Dune, and I was like, okay, I can respect that. But you're right; the planets themselves aren't distinct. It's the characters, in in this case, um, I really like the fact that both were distinct <laughs> in the in the original. Like mm-hmm, it was yeah. it was out there, man. Yeah. David Lynch is uh, mad genius. Yeah, like <laughs> well, you
1: said, the set of the. Harkonnen yeah Harkonnen life. yeah that 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 was just again going back to like the barons, like, Ugh, I yeah. like oh I don't want to look at that it's like uh, I don't want to be there yeah that place looks terrible yeah. man
0: it actually reminded me a lot of like uh Final Fantasy 7 like that uh okay. that city that they live in and stuff like yeah, that yeah uh, like, yeah like big the Midgard guard. yeah exactly yeah yeah I can yeah. see that It was like wow this is, this is super cool um so yeah yeah uh ultimately I think like I said, I think man, I, I actually do have to nod to the original in terms of just pure creativity. Yeah. Um but I the, can see that. The remake uh, in terms of like what I would expect Dune mm-hmm. to look like.
1: I think they uh, I think they've captured that. Yeah. Um, I just think, you yeah. know, cuz that original film is just like it just really has a distinct look and it's like some stuff like wow I, I really never really saw anything like that I guess yeah. people could say it, especially at the time and they're like dude yeah it's like alright I've seen this yeah in other movies before so I wasn't really blown away by anything visually even like the the size of the worms like they're obviously huge in the remake too yeah. but like I still feel like the, the original did it so well yeah and I wasn't really wowed by the remake doing it that's true like uh,
0: the most distinct thing I I recall from the remake is like the doctors I was like why are they like dragonflies like the little yeah
1: that was a weird choice I I didn't didn't like that I thought thought that was kind of stupid I agree actually I was like
0: nothing in the book that I remember um, made me think that that's what a doctor would look like Um, and it's just seems like like the most inefficient way to yeah it really doesn't seem so effective like, at all it's like, like
1: it's like well just have a rocket on her or something yeah Otherwise it might have to be flapping its wings around
0: it's like i get you're trying to like create this like right universe but like i was like no 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 i get that it, it's too advanced for that to be that stupid <laughs> you know?
1: but yeah we're folding space and time here and you got a oh, plane that flaps its wings it, it definitely felt like well fucking planes don't even do that now yeah, right,
0: right. it feels like a step backwards it, it really did it really did and it's like having a future where you're fighting with swords and like space shields basically right. like yeah we can play with like this kind of like anachronistic like it's you know we're using swords and muskets and right, shit but right, like but like it has to still feel futury, right um for the most part i think they were pulling that off but the doctors really didn't feel right and i think the worms they didn't yeah the grandeur of the worm wasn't as influential as the original film so yeah weirdly uh i know there's issues with pacing at a certain point mm-hmm. but like i think that that original film just took some really big chances and mm-hmm. swings and uh this remake i think um to a certain extent played it safe because look at that cast i mean like that's it's a great cast like that on its own is going to get you mm-hmm. across the finish line but like could it could have taken more risk um that i don't think they i mean it's a huge franchise so i get why they yeah, did it so they yeah i think
1: played it safe yeah i just yeah the look of that 84 film is just i don't know it's, I just, it's, it's incredible. I, I really like what they did. And, you know, we've kind of seen this yeah. dude. I, you know, I was watching it, and I was like, man, this really feels like the Blade Runner video when they came out. And I yeah. like, oh, then I was like, oh, it's the same fucking director. Same that's why it feels day. like Blade Runner. Same, same, same Dave Bautista. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No. I mean, they, he captured, like, the that vast feeling of the desert mm-hmm. really well. The d- desert was uh was pulled off really well. I, I think, like
0: like I said, I mean, the, the biggest achievement... I think it's the costume designs. I felt like the still suits looked mm-hmm. right. I felt like the the uniforms that people wore, um, like I said, the the mintas like everything that like involved costume and makeup. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that involved like setting, I was like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Nah, it didn't seem like it didn't feel like a lived-in universe. It felt kind of like just like a set mm-hmm. at, at times. So uh whatever the hell was happening in 84 I was, like, I was like I just a day in the life for the Baron, just bouncing around dude um in terms of in terms of action i you know i, I would say i got to give it up to the the remake obviously I, I mean obviously you know um
1: the action set pieces were shot
0: very very well um
1: yeah you, i mean i, I Cause it's you know it's it's obviously fight choreography has improved vastly yes. since yes. that original film, so I do want to talk about that. Staying original kicking film. you in the nuts,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> man. I mean, where do I even start with the original film? I, you know, where I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with uh, Paul kind of training. So that fight with Patrick yeah, Stewart, you know, you know, wearing the the Tetris kind of cube it armor, <laughs> it's so cheesy. It's just like what the fuck am I watching at so the same crazy. time? so crazy. But, you know, I, I'm going to remember that because <laughs> it's just so bizarre. But after that, when Paul is training with the, um, oh, I forgot what that, the gun. Yeah, that I, the, don't, I don't know. What the, the voice fuck that's gun gonna, maybe thing. That's a thing. But he has this 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 contraption, this yeah. machine that comes down with like <laughs> little knives Stab, stabbing. <laughs> stabbing. It's, it's, the it's, Stabtron 9000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was so dumb. It, was it, it, was, crazy it that did not age well. No, I don't know no. if it was impressive <laughs> in so the so 80s. Like, look at that. He's fighting a machine. So, so, so. Man versus machine. This is so cool. But yeah. in this day and age, it just looks comical. It, it was pretty <laughs> crazy.
0: Pretty crazy. Yeah, and like the amount of like random gunplay, like the voicing, I don't know where that came from. Maybe in some of the future books, they do that. Maybe it's just a choice because of the 80s and like, how do we make this like... Cool, like he kills people with his voice.
1: I uh, thought that was kind of cool. It reminded me of Skyrim. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Voo, voo's rolled up. Yeah, that. I don't foops. know. So that—that's what I was like. Oh, this is like Skyrim. It's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah.
0: I thought it was like unique, and I don't know where the hell it came from, but I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like when they get the uh, the Weirdling ways, they're just like blasting.
1: fuck Fucking, yeah. you die!
0: You die! My name is a weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was that was really well done. Um like I said with the pace though the stakes and like kind of Paul's inner monologue you'd think would be a little more active because uh, it should be a conflict for him to rule this planet and it didn't feel like it was a conflict oh no not at all all. he's like alright new shit (laughs) and then I started blasting (laughs) (laughs) definitely just my Frank Reynolds (laughs) in the end of that movie oh it was great it was great and I mean the music, I, I don't know. I was so distracted by everything going on. I was like, I'm sure Toto was great. I, I
1: don't. I agree. like, I like the theme. That, yeah. that theme song. I don't know if that was Brian Eno or if that was Toto, sure but Brian, that theme Brian. song. Yeah. And then like when he's riding the worm and that music uh, yeah. blasted, that I'm was, like, I'm in. That I'm was like, cool. This is awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was great. That was so great. I, it's definitely it was a really good soundtrack. And yeah, you know, Hans Zimmer does this. <laughs>
0: it works because you get this big. Set piece action yeah. with the yeah, it works with
1: the scale, of
0: the yeah, film. yeah. So, Hans, I mean, Hans is one of the best in the business, yeah, you know, he's good at what he does, uh, mm-hmm. so I thought that worked really well. Um, yeah, I guess other than that, I guess we could uh, we we'll talk about, I guess, the endings, yeah, I
1: guess we can get to the ending,
0: all right. Since I'm the uh, the book shepherd here, um, the original film, we'll start there, right, because it actually ends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The original film, like basically, once you get to like the Fremen, the Fremen yeah, the Stilgar and the Fremen, it's like, all right, we've got six to seven hundred more pages to get through. Um, <laughs> Squeeze it uh, in there, now, <laughs> tighten it up, because like even like the kid just instantly more eh, the baby thing was born premature. It's like, what? Why? It's like, cause it needs to be here. <laughs> like, cause she drank the water. won't <laughs> you paying attention? How did just what happened? It just felt like sh- shit was happening. That happens in the book, but like, Prince, it felt like they were just pushing out there. It was like, just tell them what's going
1: on. Yeah. While like things were just blowing up. I mean, two uh, years go by. Two, <laughs> two years go by in like two minutes of screen time. Yeah. And usually that shit happens like in the beginning, maybe the middle yeah. of the movie. No, we're doing it at the end. We're, yeah. we're rushing. It's yeah. just... The pacing just was all off st- at the it end.
0: Super <laughs> off, guard. you're in charge now. I'm in charge now. Uh, <laughs> you kill people with your voice, huh? You're killing people with, uh, Baby, right? Baby's doing this. Um, it all kind of like just speeds by, like you said, gets that two years out of the way. Like the uh, spice production is lower because Paul realized that he who controls the spice controls the universe. Mm-hmm. So now the Baron and the Emperor have to meet him on his terms because uh, what are they going to do? They need spice. So, more or less, like, they just kind of rush through the the book to get to, like, this big fight scene with uh, Fade, uh, Rotha, and Paul. Um, Sting's got a hit blade. <laughs> That's in the book. <laughs> um, and I, I just, you know, sp- I guess, spoil- what do I keep saying? But spoilers. Spoilers. Um, uh, Paul Paul's able to defeat Fade, um, and you've got the Emperor there, the Baron there. The Baron gets like gum jabbered by a kid, and then like wonker blasted out of a, <laughs> out of a wall. I thought that was kind of crazy. And you're at this kind of set piece now, where like Paul has succeeded um, against Fade. Uh, at this point, I don't think they do it in the movie, but like at this point, he basically makes an alliance with. The emperor because he marries the emperor's daughter for political purposes. No, doesn't happen in the. I don't think that No, it doesn't happen daughter. in the movie. They just kind of like go outside like that's crazy, and then <laughs> kind of like in the movie in alphabetical order. Here's yeah, here's our cast. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, which made it really hard to do the breakdown for the, the film because they don't cast in terms of importance. They cast in alphabetical order, so I gotta like find people. Right, <laughs> oh, it was rough, but um, yeah, it's just. It's just this rush, rush ending, and I felt like it's a shame because they, the setup was great. Yeah, the setup was really great, and they were just like, eh, "We got to do all of Doom." It's <sighs> like maybe they would have done well to split it up. Yeah, you know, maybe it is, a, maybe it is something that needs to be split up or serialized, because um, I just didn't feel like the importance of like that event was there. Right, yeah. like, she's like, "I killed Sting, and now mm-hmm. I'm wearing a cape because I'm."
1: the boss and that's the movie. Yeah, once he drinks the water life and rides the worm, we again, we have that. 2 years later, <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah it, it's, like I said, it was a 4-hour movie yeah. and it got condensed into two, uh, you know, they have talked to they tried to talk to David Lynch to like, "Hey, let's let's release this and he will have nothing to do with this. He won't yeah. even talk about Wow. Him. Wow. I which is a shame because I think he actually did a reasonable job
0: like I it's it's out there I think that like people weren't ready for it when it came out mm-hmm. I think that in a weird way it's actually aged well because it's so like referential to that time period you yep. know like it, that is this is one of the most 80s movies I've ever seen yeah for you sure. know um unapologetically <laughs> 80s and it kind of kind of works because it's just it's Dune 84 right like that's yeah. that's the way to describe that movie it's yeah, 1984 definitely. Dune and uh really fucking interesting um doesn't always work no. but works enough that you know i'm like hey this, I, i'm recommending it if, if you haven't seen it go watch it it's crazy and you'll love <laughs> it <laughs>
1: it's just such a weird weird movie um but it, like in a good way yeah it would it's a shame that we will never get to see like the original vision. yeah like, i would love to see the four hour four hour thing oh, not on one sitting but you know yeah that'll get rid of those awkward voiceovers and it'll establish more of those relationships. Things will have a lot more weight to them that happen at the end, so. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of good in there. There is a lot of good. There's a lot of good.
0: And uh, the original, well, excuse me, Dune is kind of considered unfilmable, right? Up until like the point that we're at, literally now, 2021. People are like, it can't be done. Like they've Uh done it as like a series before that, you know, mixed, mixed reviews i thought for what it was i thought the 84 kind of worked so like yeah. to me it's like it's not unfilmable it's just like just get out of the guy's way let him finish it like yeah is it gonna be like the book at all times absolutely fucking not but like it's it's the 80s interpretation of doing it like i'm glad to see that text through that lens it was it was pretty <laughs> pretty crazy <laughs> um Dune 2021 20, the ending um well, because it's two parts, you don't really get the ending. I think that where they chose to end was a probably a pretty smart place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Duke Leto has been uh, betrayed. Uh, don't forget Tooth Bite <laughs> down on that Tooth, buddy. Um, the
1: Baron's able to escape uh, death. Uh, Paul barely, barely, though. barely. He's, he's, he's recovering. He is, and he's assuming that Paul and his mother are dead.
0: Yes. That is the assumption, like, no one knows that they're still alive, minus, basically at this point, the Fremen. Yeah. Um, and that's because Dr. Kine's last sacrifice allowed them to escape. Um, and, you know, even Yui, who uh, betrayed them, kind of set up the, um, the stage for them to be able to continue to live. Mm-hmm. So his betrayal was more, like, in his self-interest to, like, save his wife. But he still had enough loyalty to protect
1: Paul and, uh, and Jessica. Yeah, and uh, he's the one that sets up the tooth, so he yeah. wants to like, he's, like triple betray. Yeah, yeah <laughs> triple he, cross. So. You,
0: you, he's got a lot of a lot going on. Uh, okay. He's got a lot going on. Um, for you know the death of Idaho, for them to escape, uh, I thought it was interesting for them to like combine. Well, it is combined. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, it was a good combination of the Idaho death into Kynes. Helping them escape. Um, yeah. From here, you know, it's a little tough because it doesn't really end, right? Um, it's the beginning. It's just it, the beginning. It is just the beginning. Uh, you know, once they escape, they try to do some like sand walking. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> kind of like moonwalking. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> yeah. Um, I, saw, I saw something on the internet that was like, uh, I, it was on Black Twitter. It was like, oh, white people. Uh, don't have like basically. You don't have to worry about rhythm. The, the
1: rhythm, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
2: was
0: like he's perfect. He's he's, yeah. a, he's the Messiah. I, learned, I think I
1: did I did say out loud one point like just 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 do the white people dance. Yeah. he fine.
0: <laughs> just, just do the little kicks, man. Uh, I could see them doing little kicks through the desert. Um, yeah, you know, having uh, Jessica and Paul have to kind of spy the desert, very much like the book. Uh, once they come across Stillgar and his group. Very much like the book, um, uh, Jessica's able to get the upper hand on Stilgar, which kind of makes her and Paul now slightly in charge, because they're mm-hmm. the strongest. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameis, who's uh, not in the original, mm-hmm. uh, who is
1: in the book, um, foolishly challenges <laughs> Paul to a fight. That was kind of a cool fight too, because he, he had him like dead to right so many times, like yeah. do you yield, do you yield. Like, it was like Batman, yeah. no, or like Jason Bourne, yeah. just how fast the kid was, Yeah, you know, it was really cool.
0: And you know, in, in the book, actually... Because that's not the Fremen way. Like, if you right. have the upper hand, you just kill someone. Mm-hmm. They were like, why is he toying with Jameis? Because they couldn't understand that, like, he doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, well, why the fuck not, man? Like, you, you can kill him. So, um, I, I am interested that it looks like they're going to give proper time to this Fremen right. way. Uh, I think it's actually some of the more compelling parts of the book when he starts the, his progression through his hero's journey. So... You know, we get right to the edge, <laughs> mm-hmm. right to the edge, and um, you know Zendaya is definitely gonna uh, make her money's worth in, yeah, I'm in sure. future film. Um, I thought the Jameis fight, though, it was cool. Was um, it? I think where 2021 struggles is s- scope in the sense that like that fight. Is more dangerous than it looked on film. Okay. Um. And there's a lot of implication that's just unsaid, but it's a movie, so you can't say everything, right? Well, I mean, they could, but then there'd be like the original, right? Film. <laughs> right. So, but I think for what they did do, it was it was perfect. Uh. You know. It, I thought. It, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I thought I thought it worked really well. Um. Uh, but yeah, the, the movie doesn't really end. So. Yeah there's that.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, you know it's not going to end because it says Dune Part, part 1. <laughs> part one. <laughs> so? And they've greenlit production, which of course they were,
0: uh, for Part 2. I'd be surprised if most of it's not filmed already. Yeah. I'd be shocked. If, um, it'd be crazy not to. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's an interpretation. I'd say, like, if you read half of the book Dune, you've uh, you know, you were prepared for this film. <laughs> And then you got time to read the other half before the next one comes out. Probably two years now.
1: Yeah, twenty twenty two. Man, that's usually how this shit works. Oh, actually, maybe one year. It's twenty twenty one. Fuck. Really? <laughs> wow, twenty
0: twenty two. That fast? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, like you yeah. said, they probably film filmed some of them, film So. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of the internet was kind of complaining that like the movie doesn't end, but I, I think like, I think this was the proper way to approach the scope because it's yeah. still a long movie. It's two and a half hours. Yeah. I mean for half of the story. And really only a bit
1: of the story because there's like eight books. Yeah, it's, it's great. Two, okay. Oh, my bad, it is 2023. My bad. Okay. Two it years was two, I was right, it was two years. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. That's about the turnaround time yeah. for this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um,
1: I guess, ultimately- Verdict time? Or? Verdict time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going into this, uh, After watching the original and going for that wild Mm ride, you know, I was just like, what does the remake really have to do in order to, um, you know, justify being made, you know? So one thing was like, I hope, hopefully the cheese (laughs) from that original film. Obviously, you got to just make it for a modern audience. And, you know, they're obviously able to do that pretty, pretty easily. And, you know, the other thing is like, are we going to just cram it all in? I didn't know this was going to be part one
0: right so, i didn't know that until yeah, it until came
1: out <laughs> so i are we gonna try to cram it all in or are we gonna just, you know stretch it out have some room to breathe here and again they did that because we are gonna have a part two mm-hmm. um do i think it was a perfect movie no yeah. uh i was a little bored at times uh, i definitely fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> while true. watching it um and you know that original tune is just so many memorable things that I don't think that we're going to have in the remake, even in the part two. No so, um, but for what it is, uh, it's definitely solid telling of the Dune story and they're going to have the freedom to tell it in two parts that it'll just be better yeah. overall than that original film. And I'm, I am looking forward to seeing what they do in part two. That's ultimately what it came down to. Like, do I want to see, part two and I do want to see part two this discussion with you has made me actually want to see it more yeah so yeah I definitely think that this Dune remake should exist
0: yeah um I'm very glad that I you know made a goal for myself during the pandemic to read Dune um I know some people that read it and uh, I mean Pri's got a copy downstairs so I was like oh I want to read this before this movie comes out it's a goal and I'm glad that I reached that goal because it really helped me with viewing (laughs) both of these films I think Without the source material, um, both films do stand on their own, right? Uh, 84 and it's something very good. Yeah. Cool like, but like, uh, from the casting of this remake, every time I saw someone, especially in costume, I was like, yes, that. that that's what I kind of thought this was going to look like. Uh, Oscar Isaac's a great letto. Timothy Chalamet, like, uh, I'm interested to see him and like the Chani character was in die, I'm interested to see that really open up because I think um, Timothy's pretty muted in this, uh, in this film. So we'll see if that continues, but I got to imagine he's got to like open up that character a bit more. Um, Javier Bardem, Stilgar, it's really like for me, the fact that all these characters are so interesting and the universe building that they've done to the point where you want to see the second film to the point where like I'm watching the action and I'm like, all right, that's not Patrick Stewart with a pug and a gun, but like <laughs> you know, it's something that approximates what I expect Dune to kinda of look like. Um, I just think that they figured out the formula for the universe, which is really impressive because it's it's a hard book to tackle in film, mm-hmm. and it seems like uh, the director and the entire cast understand what they need to do. I agree with you, it's certainly not a perfect film. Um, if you don't have background on it a lot of the stuff is just window dressing you like what are you looking at right <laughs> um but the story is confident enough that it stands on its own and um you know i agree i want to see the next film i think this is about as good as you can make a dune film yeah um and that in and of itself is an accomplishment so uh, yeah this remake should exist because it's the closest thing to what frank herbert put to paper being portrayed in film Although, 84 uh, took that and, like, remixed it, made it very interesting. <laughs> so, uh, shout-out to the original film, because it, it's, it's crazy. But uh, th- this remake is it's beyond serviceable. I was going to say serviceable. Uh, I guess we'll know for sure right during Part 2. But mm-hmm. for now, we seem to be off to a good start. So, uh, yeah. Good. It should exist.
2: Yeah.
1: I still think... It would be better as a series, I, yeah, because yeah, you have more, a lot more time to establish things. Because there's so much going on yeah. in the Dune universe, and there's a lot of interesting things yeah. too. But we gotta rush past it, and then you might not understand it. And then we could I, get I think, relationships established more too. I think that will come because this franchise is gonna make a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure
0: someone's gonna try to tackle that. For me, I actually kind of like the fact that it's just a movie, but I think it's because. Of it because i read the book right so it's like eh, I don't, I don't, like good enough like let's see i just want to see kind of that stuff happen um but like a series could be good because you could expand into further doing universe yeah.
1: so um there's, a lot, going on with, there's uh, a lot going on i was just saying like because as a movie it's a lot to take in yeah. and like i said i fell asleep <laughs> yeah. so like you know give me like one hour chunks i'm good yeah that. that'd be that'd be interesting that'd be interesting so
0: yeah that's uh that's what we thought about Dune nineteen eighty four and Dune twenty twenty one. Um pretty pretty impressive actually all around. Yeah. I'm I'm
1: glad I finally saw the original Dune just that, because yeah. I've heard so many things about it and just it's, like finally. Seeing, seeing it. it. Yeah, it's, yeah, like yeah. it's a whole it's thing. a whole different thing than it's just hearing thing. about it. Yeah. Totally.
0: So that's that. Um Do you know what the next film you wanna watch is? Oh, you got one? Yeah, okay. actually
1: I'm gonna change it up completely. Okay. <laughs> um we're gonna revisit a director we did before. Um and that so the movie we're I wanted to do is The Stepford Wives. Oh wow. That's <laughs> Yeah. So that's Frank Oz returning. He yeah. did the Little Shop of Horrors remake nice. he did the remake of Stepford Wives. Okay. So we're gonna see how oh, this boy, let's see how that goes. We're gonna see how this yeah, completely <laughs> change a pace here. Nice. nice. Um so yeah, that's what we're gonna do next. Stepford Wives. Let us know what you thought of either June film. Mm, yeah. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Did we miss something? Should we have talked about oh, something? We definitely missed something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let us know in the comments. Um, and if you're listening uh, on iTunes, if you can give us a five star, a good review, that would definitely help us out. If you're on definitely. YouTube, you know, just give us a thumbs up, subscribe. Why not? Help yeah, us out there too. S-
0: smash that like button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Of course, check us out on
0: Instagram, Twitter, at uh, Retro versus Remake. Uh, we got a Facebook group too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Dan said, check us out iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, you know, if you want to see our beautiful faces, that's on YouTube. So, <laughs> nice. Then he who controls the spice controls the universe. Um, that's what I learned, I think, after four and a half hours. Man. <laughs> Dude. Um,
1: Hey, I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Buellick. This has been another episode of Retro Retro vs. Remake. Spice. Spice. Spice is life.